Ladies in PJs, they wear pajamas and they drink tea. So we're live. We are live, Holly. Oh, fantastic. And we find ourselves back in Tree's Hut. We do. Um, We've had a couple of, no, probably about four weeks since we saw each other last. I think we have, Something yeah. like that, because life. life has just got in the way. And it's now a lot colder. So where last um, podcast, I think I came ready for bed in my nightie and my um, eye mask. I have still come with that, but I'm also wearing um, <laughs> my coat, it's some tracksuit bottoms and some rather fetching long socks to keep me warm. Um, and Tree, would you like to describe what you're well, wearing? Well, yeah, I just went for comfort, really. I thought nobody else is going to see me. I do have my pink spotted onesie on. Under, well, under, I do think under I'm dressing gown. So I'm, I'm rocking the kind of double hood, <laughs> <laughs> which is never. It's not a good move. There will oh, be no, no photographs of then, tonight. No, okay. There will be. I, okay. I did have I my beanie hat on. I should intend you did have. I did it's have my not beanie actually hat that cold. Well, I think I, it's going to I get colder. I brought the heat. Well, I haven't actually told you, but when I came out here, um, I had been painting my son's door because yeah. we were decorating his bedroom slowly over about two months it's quite nice decorating slowly I have to say <laughs> we've got another room he can go yeah. and sleep in so I can decorate slowly but I hadn't realised but my husband had put his my, my son's football boots in here which had been left in his school bag when we oh. went away the other weekends to a wedding and he played football in the pouring rain his football oh. boots had got soaked I put them in the wash but they still stunk and I hadn't realised they'd been put in here to kind of quarantine them to inverted commas air out so when i came out to keep the summerhouse the football boots were in here and they did smell a bit so i had to open the doors and i did put the heater on and it's it's not too bad is no, it it's not no, too bad i think it's so, fantastic it's very cozy in here so anybody is. wishing to join us for our next chat would um, only add to the heat would only add to the <laughs> to the warmth <laughs> um, and we've got some beautiful candles we and we've got a lovely cup of tea and we've enjoyed our chocolate I'm going to have and a second chocolate though I've decided I don't think I can not have another one tonight oh, I know I don't but now know. I've had I've been to my two weddings so I feel like Okay. If yeah. you're getting Do into, if if you're talking and you're on a bit of a roll, I might sneak a chocolate. In. Okay. Well then, I'll, I'll do that when you're on. You see my cheats going. Yes. But I but I I loved hearing about your bedtime routine last time, Holly. It was a wonder to behold, and I, f- I felt I should share with you mine. Oh yes, please tell me, tell me it's, what is um, it? Because you're a night owl. I am I, uh, a. I, you are a night owl. I'm a um. I'm a morning lark. I do get up. I, I right? do get up at six. Yes, oh, do you? I do get up at six, but it's not my natural way. Oh right. But yeah. I still go to bed late, so I'm kind of burning the candle. It's mm. not. I don't think it's a good way to live, really. But my bedtime routine is very, very simple. I have adopted the Claudia Winkleman bedtime routine. <laughs> Well, I only discovered this when I read that she does what I do, so maybe she adopted my bedtime routine. I suspect so. She just cleans her teeth and gets into bed. (laughs) I don't even take my makeup off, Ollie. Oh, my God. I wake up. I know, people people are horrified by this. (laughs) People kind of say, well, I've I've heard lots of people say in the past when they don't realise what I do at bedtime, oh, you've got to take your makeup off, otherwise you get dreadful skin. Now, the thing is, I do look quite young for my age. I'm not just saying that, but a lot of people tell me that. And And I'm like... I just never take, I, I don't do that. I don't even wash my face, I don't put any cream on. Oh I literally goodness. clean my teeth, do we? 
and get into bed. And Claudia says, and I, I'm with her all the way on this, it's really studenty, and you wake up with mascara on your pillow and you feel like a student every day. And that's my bedtime routine, Holly. Oh, my It's goodness. probably a bit grim. You look generally shocked. No, I... I... <laughs> I was looking at your WhatsApp picture thingy um, oh, right. today and I thought, gosh, Tree looks so young. Oh, bless what your is her secret? Don't take your makeup off and don't don't care about your skin. <laughs> I do moisturise in the morning. I kind of give my face a good wash in the morning, but that's it. Sometimes this is shockable shockers. Sometimes I don't take my mascara off for two days. And that's only because one of my friends, if she ever listens to this, she'll be laughing. She'll be going, that's my influence. Because she, she basically told me, oh, yeah, you can you can keep this it going. What? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is, I've got to think of a title for this. This is like slummy beauty oh, advice. This is hilarious. <laughs> I can't believe I spend all this time. And I certainly don't look any... Um, oh, you look great too. Oh, you look great too. Goodness. It's only the fact that so many people have have said, "Oh, yeah, you've got to do this at night. You've got to cleanse and tone." Oh, well, oh no, I don't tone. I don't what is tone? tone? I don't know what tone is. No, what it's this watery stuff that you put on your. Face? I'm not really sure what it was. <laughs> Does but anybody I know what tone to, is? I used to. I used to in my 20s. I toned, okay. but I never. I just thought that's what you had to do. I'm not sure what it does. Well, I did tone once because I had something, some product, I think, for Christmas, which said tone. I didn't know what I was meant to do with it, so I just. Spatter on my face a bit. Oh, so you've, you've I, attempted exactly, exactly. I know. I don't know. Um, but I use these oils that um, that Laurie made me. My sister-in-law made, and they are beautiful. And apparently, it's got something natural in it that's like Botox. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, and it's called. Oh my goodness! I'm sorry. The name escapes me. Everybody. Um, I've got. I've left you all on the cliffhanger of what this beauty secret is. Oh, it's cactus something cactus. Anyway, I'll remember it oh, for the cactus next. Cactus is nice and plump, aren't uh, they? Uh, for the next podcast. But um, but you actually could sell your your bedtime routine to me. Like maybe if I did a week of your bedtime routine, I might you look be sold. even younger. <laughs> I look like an embryo. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I should. I'll bring some back from Spain when I if if we go there. For and Christmas. I'll think, why didn't I do this, Claudia? Why did I do your bedtime routine so long? And I wish I'd never done it. Maybe. But it's just it just also smells nice. Oh, just the whole it smells nice. It gets you in the right oh. frame of mind. It just yeah, the whole thing, the whole process of going to bed is a is a routine for me. That does. I I know other other friends do similar, and I think maybe I am missing out a bit. I, I think you should try uh, perhaps on a holiday okay yeah it'd be a good time to do you try know what we should do it between podcasts and we should I should feed back yes Shouldn't and I'll I? try yours <laughs> no do try mine I'll try yours Sounds... at least one night <laughs> in fact I did go around yes no I was going to say I did good <laughs> oh dear no, yes. it sounds appalling I, I wouldn't want to wish as much as I like my bedtime it's quick although I don't think anybody's ever named me but say I go to bed quickly. I don't know what I do. I faff. I'm a terrible faffer. Well, you actually you upload you. this podcast, I know, in the evenings. Which I just really have done good. well, haven't I? You've done I really have. well. It's because I felt excited. I know. Like, it's very oh, exciting. Let's do that. Let's do that. Well, we were following on, weren't we? Yes, we were. From last week. 
No. Sorry, it will be from last week for you guys, but not from us a month ago. Um, we were talking about, like, is there such a thing as evil or does the devil exist? Um, this is our Halloween huge, special. These are huge. This is our Halloween <laughs> special, special because it got me thinking about Halloween and mm. I started looking that up because I know um, from a... a Certainly from a Christian perspective, it's, it's not particularly welcomed as a celebration or welcomed at all as a celebration. But it's become so mainstream now that lots of people, and mm. in fact, my daughter Betty finds it that one, perhaps the, one of the most exciting <laughs> festivals of the, of the year. I, it's probably to do with the sweets, but I think it's the whole process of dressing up and mm. something a little bit scary about mm. it and, you know... She just gets so excited about this, the the whole thing. And wow. I didn't grow up with my, I didn't grow up with Halloween. I don't think. I don't think any of us did, did we? I went trick or treating once, and that was unheard of. And I can remember a neighbour almost slamming the door in my face. Firstly, she didn't recognise me at my friends. But secondly, nobody trick or treated. No, I don't think it, it was a thing. It wasn't a thing. So no. I had to look it up. And I I and find out. Um, where this has all come from. And it also got me thinking about the uh, Dia de los Muertos, which I was I talking love to just you the way you about. say that. Can you say that again? Dia de los Muertos. And that is Day of the Dead. Now, I had thought that that's where Halloween came from, mm. that that it mixed up with this Mexican tradition. Mm. It's that it does go across most, some of South America, but it's, it's a mainly Mexican tradition. Um, and I thought perhaps that had sort of like come across the pond somehow, mm. got up to America and, and hopped across to us. But it's mm. not actually as simple as that. And Dia de los Muertos isn't on Halloween on the 31st. They celebrated on something like the 1st or 2nd of November, but I need to, I need to double check mm. that. And it's actually this beautiful celebration so they dress up in what looks a little bit scary but it's not that it's it's really elaborate so they dress up almost like their ancestors but that they're dead so it's like a caricature of a, a skeleton but with with um beautiful hair and uh crazy makeup I I saw, and, was it was it an opening scene of a james bond movie where there was some oh no, he no. is he. That is um, uh, so. Actually, you're right. Though the face looks similar, mm -hmm. but that is shamanistic. More. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word. It's like a black magic stuff. Okay. So no, that's that's not. Okay. But looks it's similar. So they okay. white yeah, put yeah, yeah. white on their faces, <clears throat> and they they yeah. they put these these amazing pictures. And they are celebrating their families. So mm. what they do is they'll come together in cemeteries or at home and they'll have all their sort of family who's passed. So mm. that'll be grandparents, uncles, aunts, mm. mothers, brothers, whoever it mm -hmm. may be, right back as far as anyone can remember. Mm -hmm. And their pictures will be put up almost like a shrine and people will bring food and sweets and cake and... And they'll just all gather together and celebrate the the life or the death, but mm. not necessarily the death, but those people on wow. that day. And it just is so heartwarming because it's very different from what I even imagined it yeah. was. 
and I thought perhaps it was something very scary or and there's a very sweet film that have you watched Coco I haven't right no. well Coco will tell you everything you need to know about okay. it Coco is really really very sweet film and it's about this um and and then they they talk about how you know there's one ancestor that nobody can remember okay and then he'll just puff off and his memory will be gone. It's really, it's it's quite, it's quite oh. sad. I know, because it'll get to the point where yeah. you won't remember, you know, yeah. the people that are alive won't yeah. remember that particular ancestor. Yeah. And so then, then they've puffed off to, well, I think they, I, I don't know where they puff off to. Okay. But, um, and perhaps there is somebody who knows a lot more about this than I do. But when you then talk about <coughs> Halloween... It's Halloween is All Hallows Eve, mm -hmm. which is the eve of all of All Hallows All Saints Day, which is a Christian uh, um, day for. Uh, it's, it's not really a celebration. It's remembering those that have actually gone up and are seated in heaven. Mm. So saints, aren't they? That's it's a Catholic. Yeah. Was it there because? Of a pagan festival, though. So, because no, not, not, all this, Hallows, um, not all Hallows, not all Hallows Day, okay. no, all Saints Day, no. The pagan, so, well, they they amalgamated, they did. Okay. So, what happened is the pagan festival, the mm -hmm. Celts. So, mm -hmm. this is going back, yeah, hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. Um, they obviously, this is before Christianity came on. The you know was it, it, they used to, um, they had, well. Um, rituals that were around they believed that spirits or um, uh, probably bad things would come down and it would also be the night that you told people's fortunes okay. it would be the night so it's how they believed they could work out what was going to happen in the future okay. it's when you might might get an indication of something bad that might happen but also mm. something good I don't think it was all bad mm. it was it was all about um you know when this extra spirit would come down and sort of help them come okay. to certain decisions but it mm. could be that you'd be you know a bad spirit would come back yeah. and say you'd done this terrible thing okay. so and then it appears that uh somehow it got mixed in with all hallows day mm -hmm. so then we had all hallows eve which 31st of October was the end of summer mm -hmm. in the years ago and the beginning of winter and that's why it was what that was the point that we were they were looking to their new year okay um and then we had All Hallows Day and that became Halloween and I I'm assuming it then not a lot happened with Halloween mm -hmm. until I think in this in southern um, in a state in the southern USA, mm -hmm. they started to celebrate Halloween, okay. and they mixed it with All Hallows Day, okay. and that's when it came and about. And brought in the spooky stuff. in the spooky stuff. Yes. Wow. Because it's it's big business in America. Yes, yeah, huge. And of course now it's part of a capitalist industry where we all you know. <laughs> It's We're huge. all, it's massive, it isn't is it? But huge. it's getting big, it's I'm not getting big, I, I guess in the last 20 years, since I haven't been a child, because it wasn't big when I was a child. No, no, um, no. But, but, but um, 
I know it's it's felt, you know, a lot of people don't celebrate it because they don't feel a a it's some people might feel it's not very pleasant. Mm. And b because it isn't a Christian festival. Um and so it somehow doesn't feel quite right to be celebrating it. Yeah, I would I would say that's that's pretty fair to say that. Did you say that? Yeah. I, d- I don't know because <coughs> See, I I grew up like you saying Halloween wasn't much of a thing, no. but I do rem- I do remember organising a couple of Halloween parties when I was a kid because I was I was that kind of kid yeah. who would go, let's act out this or let's throw this party, and I remember I remember dressing up as Guy Fawkes. <laughs> Did you? You see, that's it because it's really, mixed with the. This is really <laughs> random, well, isn't pretty, it? It's pretty I, gruesome, I kind of made, anyway. made this um kind of like. Tudor type rough with paper like Constantine it all together and stapled it and made made a white face and I was I was a scared kid. I was saying last time that I had quite a lot of fear in me. And yeah, it was kind of exhilarating to become fear itself. Does that Yeah, it's yeah. Kind I of, think that's what Betty finds yeah, exciting about kind this of, whole and yeah. I kind of get that, and I, I was always very interested, <laughs> terrified and yeah, fascinated by the kind of the fact that there was a spiritual realm and I didn't understand it. Um, but now, it's quite interesting. One of my friends moved to America a few years ago and yeah. she was somebody who would not have enjoyed Halloween. But she said, being in America, it's like it is impossible to not embrace Halloween because it's as big as Christmas. And it's like you spend weeks of people leaving messages on your porches and, you know, and it's like this huge cultural thing. And she, she said, I couldn't avoid it. And I actually found myself actually entering into the fact yeah, that yeah. it was actually, it maybe wasn't like the evil, like she thought it thought was, it kind was. Of, yeah. which I think is interesting. I mean, I've, I've had, I've kind of had quite a duplicitous relationship with Halloween since having kids because well, I'm a Christian, and I don't think celebrating evil and fear sits well with with me personally. But my kids want sweets, yeah. And so, you know, when they were little, it was easy because they're too little and they aren't kind of wrapped into school culture. But as soon as they started school, it was like, well, can we go trick or treating? And I've seen other Christian parents navigate Halloween. It's like choppy shark infested waters for most christians and i understand that you know yeah, i've, I've yeah, felt yeah. like i'm in the sharky sharky waters and I've, I've heard different christian kids when they grew up go we hated our parents because all our friends got sweets and we didn't in fact katie perry you know the singer katie yeah. perry i um i read something that she actually wrote about halloween that her parents and i'm that must be massive she was american that must be yeah, massive to not yeah. joining with halloween that was one of the things she hated about her upbringing and so i kind of sat there and i looked at it all and i was like i think as a parent for like me it was like i want to be sure when i'm saying a no i want to know it's for a really good reason yeah. you know i don't just want to say no when i don't understand something so i kind of spoke to my boys and said look not comfy with celebrating evil Mm-hmm. you know i don't think that's necessarily a good way forward and there was one year that we actually made cakes and handed them out to people like the opposite trick or treat but actually it doesn't solve the sweet problem <laughs> <laughs> and so the next year i just thought to myself you don't want to celebrate evil you just want to get sweets yeah and so i said look i don't want you frightening people so if you're happy to dress up as something not scary we can go and get the sweets <laughs> because actually 
That's what they didn't want to celebrate evil, but they just saw huge groups of their friends with these buckets full of sweets. I know. Well, you can't have those. And and, it, and there is something exciting about yes, about the whole out going out in yes. the dark, knocking on yes. the door. Because I'd never done it, and I have to say, I was very the first time I did it with Betty because mm-hmm. she was desperate, and yeah, I, yeah. I was a bit. Mm, oh, yeah. we had a couple of dudes at our house that yeah. were like. Bar, uh, bonfire night slash a little bit Halloween fun. I came to one. Came to one. And, I, and the children it loved it, yes. and I really embraced it. But I still yeah. hadn't done the. And I actually felt uncomfortable. It wasn't really around the necessarily the the ghosts and the ghouls and the that kind of thing. It was more that I. The whole knocking on someone's door asking for sweets just didn't sit right for me. Well, at we, all. we only did friends' houses, so <laughs> no, we, I know. We, we just did that because I was like, I wouldn't knock on strangers' doors. I think it's a complete, you know, you, you, you kind of drum into your kids their whole life about tricky people they've never met before. And, you and then you go, well, so- <laughs> well, the thing I realised that so when we moved here, um into the town is what i i then realized that when we could actually go and do this and i said okay betty and i braced myself right we're off to do this mm-hmm. um the only those people that have got a pumpkin or a something yeah, did we there was an etiquette so we did that and you know cautiously knock on someone's door and you stand there and think <laughs> oh my goodness and everyone was so friendly yeah. and there were some elderly people who who were waiting couldn't absolutely waiting with all their scary bits to go <laughs> and waiting for the children to arrive and to, to give out the sweets and it was actually really sweet we yeah. had enjoyed it so we've done it since we've been here we have done it every yeah. year and I will obviously do it with Betty this year and I dress up our window because our windows lit well you know yeah and so she loves it. We do it for Christmas and Easter as well, but yeah. I, I do it for Halloween. Um, but I don't put, like, blood and guts or anything. Yeah. It's more like pumpkins yes. and and bats, yes. you know, um, and witches' hats, but nature. with, with com- you know, yeah. but um, black cats, nothing, nothing hor- hor- horrible. No. But it, I always think it, look, it looks really fun and, um, yeah, I enjoy it. it. It's really nice. And then when little children arrive at the front door. But, obviously, um, that's not, it's not what we were talking about last week was obviously a lot deeper than that and really about the idea that... Um, evil exists or that it can have an influence on our life and I think what by evil I meant the devil I'm still Uh is Uh is that something that happens um well can I ask you I did I mention somebody that I knew who was into witchcraft have I mentioned this don't think I have not on the podcast. Oh, okay. I'm trying to think if you've mentioned okay. it to me before. Many, many years ago, when I was in my late teens, um, knew somebody who has been heavily involved with witchcraft. Hence why, so this is, this is for like me, the kind of darker side of Halloween, why I couldn't ever, with my whole heart, throw myself in, apart from you get some sweets. Um, well, this, this was a person who has been in a witch's coven. And... Um, this was a witch's coven who met in London on one of the heaths and ended up in Salisbury on the run from this witch's coven because they'd left and 
anyway, it's a really it's a really complex story, um, which will probably take about an hour to go into. But I I saw things happen to that person, weird things that happened to their body, weird powers they had, and it was very very real. And something happened to me once when I was staying in this person's house after they moved up north, where. Um, there was a photo on the floor. It was like this old Polaroid black and white photo. And I picked it up and I, I went blind. What? Mm. And the next thing I, I knew, my husband's, <gasps> my first husband's son, literally picked me up. I was vomiting everywhere, carried me out to the loo. I was sick. And then I don't remember much after that, apart from me waking up early evening, lying on the sofa in this house with my husband back then, you know, being very cross with a friend of the house that we were staying in saying you're back into witchcraft again aren't you look what's happened to her what's going on here and all this and it was very very odd and I did see a number of very odd things and he this this person who's wrong witchcraft actually became a Christian because they recognized there was a higher power at work and my brother who was at the time he must have been only about 15 and my brother was quite fearful at this stage in his life and he actually came over and prayed for this guy who'd been in this witch's column. And um, and this guy said, I've never felt power like when he just put his hand on me and prayed for me, which I thought was really interesting. And so I know, I may not understand how it all works, but I know there are things as well which are not good, that I would say are, are evil, because what happened to that particular man who was involved in witchcraft, it destroyed his life. He basically, this, this this might sound like the most far-fetched story in the whole world, but I can assure you it is true. He basically fallen in love with a witch. She's a female witch. The coven he was part of was a lesbian witch's coven. And the only way he could join it was to have a full sex change. Okay, and this is back in the 80s. And he was quite well off. He had a very good job and he paid. He had to pay. The NHS would not pay for this because they were like, there is nothing effeminate about you. We, we cannot pay for this operation because there's no grounds for you to have this operation apart from he had to do this to be part of this world and so he actually paid for this operation I think it cost him something like 25 grand and that was in the early 80s so which was a lot a lot more money than it is now and so yeah he'd had a full sex change and ended up back in Salisbury having operations to reverse I mean there are some things that cannot be reversed <laughs> you know but to have his body put back to being a man again so this isn't anything kind of linked in with, you know, gen gender you stuff know, at know. all. No, no, it's know. nothing, no, no, you know, know, and I have to kind of say that because they, I'm not even, that that's not even part of this discussion, but just that's what he did because he fallen in love with this female witch who, and these were professional people. I mean, you know, they had very high ranking jobs in London. You know, they weren't just people prancing around a graveyard um you know and so i'd never who has i mean i'm telling you this story and it sounds like the most outlandish story in the whole world whenever i've talked to anybody people go you sorry you what and so i i have seen stuff that's weird you know that is really really weird but i think when i was saying last time about how god really set me free from fear that i may not understand how all that side of life works but i know that god is greater and there's a higher power than all that negative, horrible stuff. 
And I was thinking about our conversation last time because I genuinely didn't know what you were gonna, what questions you were gonna ask, or not. Not that I'm, I'm here to answer your questions because I feel it, it, it. This goes both ways. It's like the day of the dead. I always thought that well, looked terrible, but I'm like, no, this is really interesting that you've been part of that, and it's actually I can see how honouring those who've gone before because I, I kind of think to myself, I have an aunt who's got Alzheimer's, and I'm like, when she dies, the memory, she's like the patriarch of our family, and there's so many stories. I'm never going to be able to access again and it's like and it's like these people who've gone before you you don't want to forget you want to tell the stories you want your children to go oh this was your great-great-grandfather my uncle in Australia has done family history and I can show my kids pictures of their great-great-great-grandfathers and you know and it's there's something really powerful in tying you to where you've come from isn't there yeah you know to kind of know so I can see yeah people who have passed yeah and 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 bringing them to life in just in their uh in their stories and and talking about them yeah so but that's crazy also how we might look on something from the outside and think that looks very Mm. scary or I don't know Mm. what that is and actually it's something really nice really worth um um, we're celebrating celebrating absolutely so would, would you say some of this is like cultural to us english that we, we're used to our little culture but there are other cultures that deal with death in probably a much a much better way i'm only asking to have a japanese friend and her dad died and she told me about some of the kind of rituals that they did after he he died like you 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 bring um some of the bones home with you and you keep the bones and to me, it sounded really crazy. But when she explained it to me, she was like, you know, so we've we've got a couple of the bones of my dad's and it's we've actually got it on our landing. And I walk past and say, hi, dad, <laughs> you know, and but when she was sorry, I haven't explained it very well then. Um, but when she explained it, I thought, yeah, we don't do this. We just almost like shut ourselves off and, yes and, and don't and really deal with no, the fact that somebody's really no. gone and we're grieving it, it felt a lot more healthy actually when she explains the kind of japanese culture i was like yeah we don't we don't do this well but and in some some cultures they they i mean it's a hugely long drawn out process rubens that i know um uh some fijian uh people that live here and I was talking to this lovely lady who was telling me that they'd had to go back for a, a funeral but she explained what this entails mm-hmm. and it's a really long process of mourning and the the men and women don't the men don't shave they don't do any parties they don't have activities but it's a and they have um professional mourners Mm -hmm. that come in and cry and do uh, it's a whole process of weeks that this goes on for while you're remembering that person i mean here it's all it's quite sterile in in a way it's Mm. it's not a you don't have a long time to process. You know, I'm, I'm assuming that the reason they do something like that, maybe you're going through the grief with, you're almost like screaming out the grief mm. and going through that with your nearest and dearest. Yeah. And 
um, and you're almost getting through that without mm. it, you know, sitting there yeah. within you for, for years. And also maybe it communicates it's okay yeah. to, to drag this out and yes. not immediately be fine again. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, certainly in the Bible, like in the Old Testament, like with the Hebrew people, there was prescribed ways that you grieved. It, there was a set time. You know, that you were expected to not shave, to yes, it's called sitting, let yourself go. It's called sitting she, shiva. I think it's it's, okay. it's still done. Is it? Yeah. Because you have family, don't you, in Israel? Yes. So you are, so it's you're, you're still, really it's still done, not in the, not in, so yeah. uh, everyday life, but in the Orthodox yeah. Jews, they sit Shiva mm. and they will um it's a period of time that they don't I'm not sure if they don't eat but they certainly don't wash mm. or shave and they sit in and the family come in and everyone sits around um for yeah this period of mourning mm. and it is a a process a huge process that you go through and a very um, respectful process as well. Um, mourning this person, mm. and it's it's well. I mean, I, who's to say whether it's uh, the right way? But what you've described, um, uh, you re- in the Bible is is it still happens today yeah. in the Jewish com- in yeah. certain Jewish communities, yeah. certainly in Orthodox. It just seems just a lot more sensible to me yeah by you know basically this is expected of you that you will you know need a number of weeks days whatever to actually kind of be able to then get back into normal life again but then other people share that with you yeah it's not just you no that's right you've got your nearest and dearest or your community whoever have whoever had that person has Mm. touched might want to go through that with you, yeah. you know, and obviously life in those communities gives you that option to pause, yeah. not, you know, I've got to take this afternoon off for a funeral. <laughs> uh, oh, work, God, you know, if only that go. wasn't so true, Holly. But it, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it? yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. Then, and then oh, you fly over to the crematorium or wherever and... Um, and you go and cook your dinner. Uh, yeah, I mean... And there's no, and then you're, you know, the person, let's say, you know, it's the husband or the Mm. child. I know you, I know obviously you, it's just very personal for you, very close to you. But or let's say it's your, and then you're left, you're left, Mm. you're there on your own. Yeah. If you, if it's your husband or your. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, perhaps we we need to think about changing that as a process. I think we do. I think we do. Have you ever seen the movie Eat, Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert? Julia Roberts oh, was in it. Goodness, I must have done. You were talking. I'm not. A, do you it's, know? I'm, I I should watch more not, movies. It's not an oldie it, oldie, but it's, but it's a while it's, ago. It's, it's a while it? ago. Yeah, but she ends up. I mean, I can't. I'm terrible. I can't remember the plots to movies. My husband's amazing. He can do. He goes. But don't you remember this? This little. It's more of a feeling a movie leaves me with than any great detail. <laughs> but I do remember about this movie that she ends up in Italy, and she's on a bit of a quest to find the meaning of life and inner peace. And she ends up up with an Italian family. 
and absolutely loving it because their hearts are just out there and they eat and they cry together and they celebrate together. And, you know, my my experience, you know, I mean, you know, what, what you're saying about near to me and stuff, I'll, I'll kind of say a bit about that in case anybody thinks, what is she talking about? You know, but my mum died back in 2014. So I don't feel in a sense I've really gone through any worse pain than most people. I mean, I know people who've been through far more difficult deaths. You expect your parents to die before you. That's pretty normal. Um, and I, I mean, I think I'd probably be better at dealing with it now I think my heart's a bit more open and out there but when my my mum died I didn't really know what to really do or say to people and there were a few people that I knew I remember having bits of chats with you so I remember having a chat with you when when my mum was quite ill yes and I was quite proud of myself talking to you actually I I was in awe of you oh were you seriously yes I couldn't believe how well you okay. work through yeah absolutely i think do you know what i think it's it's much easier when you're dealing with somebody who's not afraid of dying so my my mum was not afraid of dying she had walked her relationship with god for decades and she was not afraid of dying not yeah, afraid at all she was a complete peace she would have liked to be have been miraculously healed of cancer but she wasn't but she'd she'd done everything she she'd had well once she divorced my dad no she 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 didn't divorce my dad my parents separated once she'd kind of gone off and traveled around the world and done all these things that she could never have done because my parents relationship it, it, it wasn't brilliant you know that's another podcast um but she'd she kind of done what she wanted to go and do and she had really good relationships around her and so she basically died fully at peace and so, in a sense, if she hadn't have been like that, it would have been much harder for me walking through it because I was like, well, she's she's fine. And actually, I do think, and I would say this if my mum was here now, I think her being diagnosed with cancer and having a significant period of time alive when she when she she, she basically knew she was terminal. All of us are terminal, yeah. but we just don't know, do we? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we're all going to die. Um but I think for her, that was very good for her because it gave everybody a chance to tell her how loved she was. And I think my mum really enjoyed that. And I think, and rightly so, because who wouldn't enjoy having people come to you and actually be open with you and tell you their memories of you and what they've enjoyed about you in life? And you have that on repeat, That's on repeat, wonderful. on repeat. Yeah. And then you die and actually pretty pleasant death now in all fairness my the, the kind of cancer my mum had which was multiple myeloma which is a blood cancer it's not meant to be a nice death at all we, we have my mum living here with us um for a little bit when I realized you know, actually she can't change her bed she hadn't made a big fuss about that but I was over one day and I said to her I think you need to move in with us and my husband and I had spoken about it when my mum was first diagnosed we had a chat that evening and we're like what's our game plan <laughs> you know yeah. and we're like well if she ever needs somewhere to come and live she can't live on her own she'd come and live with us so we'd had this conversation four years before we wow. needed to action that um which was really helpful i think to kind of talk through something and know where you're both headed then i i, I wasn't sat there thinking oh my goodness what's going to happen how do i broach that conversation we talked about it all um 
but the very nature that she had this time where people could come and sit and, and be honest in a lovely way and celebrate, them, her. And celebrate her and you know I, I remember one of the um nurses who came around when she was living here saying to me because i i said you know mum mum can stay here until she dies and the nurse is like no she can't you've got small children and i was like oh, what do you mean and they're like this is a horrible death this is not going to be pleasant and i had you know I, i'm a researcher so it's like if a problem pops its head up i will google it yeah, and I yeah. and my way of coping is to research it to oblivion. So I've looked at this from every angle, and this is what I deal with this this type of cancer. And I had seen pictures, and I thought, yeah, time to stop googling now, <laughs> you know. And so I, when they were saying that, I was like, yeah, I kind of know how your body gets overpowered, and you can't fight off any disease, you know. And so it can be pretty horrific. Um, and so we we took their advice, and we thought, well, that's fair enough. But they they are the experts, and we don't know how this is going to go. I mean, we had an element of faith that. I didn't believe it was going to be really horrible. I did believe that my mum was going to die and she was in a place of kind of like wanting a miracle, you know. And miracles do happen, but they are rare. And so I was in a place of, I, I'm not convinced that is what's going to happen. So we just want to be able to manage this in the best way possible. Um, but she had a totally peaceful death. There was nothing horrific at all. Wow. But she had moved into an almshouse in town, which was her long game plan because she'd been a warden of the almshouses and knew she? and knew that if she did certain things, she would be entitled to an almshouse. And that was her plan. So actually, she was really pleased to move out from here and go, I'm going to get my almshouse, even if it's only for a few months. My end game plan has come into practice, which was really, really good. So I think that was quite a blessing. Now, why was I saying all of that? You were saying about grieving. Yeah, but I think afterwards, I did choose to kind of talk about it, but I found it very hard to talk about it. And there were certain friends. It was mainly some of my friends who'd lost their own parents, who I would talk to, but not really in any great detail. Because I'm like, well, I don't want to be that person you know, who's, you know, vomiting over people with their grief. And, you know, and I think if we lived in a culture where we permissioned people to expect a period of grief and expect yeah. everybody to kind of, you know, wallow with you. Yeah. Then it would be a lot easier than trying well, yes, to... yes, and also perhaps to, you wouldn't have yeah. this, you know, people years later that haven't yeah, recovered from no, no. the grief. And you can... You can go through that period, but also share that period with other people. Yeah. And yeah. they, and so you don't feel so lonely or so. Yeah. Um, I think it would be fantastic. Much better, much healthier. I mean, that must be why they hire professional mourners. I mean, <laughs> that's crazy. I couldn't, I was like, what? Um, Maybe it gets everybody going. They must <laughs> Releases do. Releases everybody it. else it's to have it. They're, they're just. <sighs> Oh, I'm going to have to find out a bit more about this. But but it's, yeah, it's absolutely, um, I, I it sort of got me thinking about my own, like when, when that time comes, how I'd like that to look. And I think, I think, you know, a, a, that's lovely what your mum experienced. She, she died. That's really she nice. died really well, Holly. And there's not too many people who can say, say that was an amazing death. And various people in our church said exactly the same. They were like, she died really well. And she did. And she yeah. was at complete peace with it all. That's you know? really, really, and really nice. And she said that. She was like, I've, I've said everything I need to to people. 
you know, she wasn't somebody who had any bitterness in her. You know, that she was somebody who did but sort out her relationships. Have that faith with yeah. just just knowing. With and just that comfort. Yeah. Um But that that takes us back to why we're doing these podcasts, doesn't it? It all comes mm. back to God. It's like I think well I, I this is what I personally I, I think all of us can encounter God. I don't think there was anything special about my mum. I don't think there's any special anything special about me being able to, you know, sense sense God and stuff. I think that's that's something that's that's in all of us. And I think God wants that for every single one of us. You know, it isn't like there are some special people at all. You know, that that's something that all of us. No, and I I agree. It's not with. reserved for any and it, no, it's but not. you have to. Um, it's about connecting or, or, or but you also also can't force someone or tell someone no. that it, it's something that has to come to them I think yeah I think do so you, do you not think so yeah because I was thinking I got stopped the other you know I'm always <laughs> encountering somebody you and your weird well, encounters I had yeah some, I had uh, some young uh, now they weren't seven, they were Mormons. Church of the Latter day Saints. Yeah, yes. Mormons, yeah. Mormons and these young chaps. And they, he must have spotted me no, well I, I could you know, you could spot uh, uh, spot them a mile off and You have was, an openness about you. And uh, <laughs> and he they both walked past me and then about three or four yards up or well, yeah. meters away. The one stopped, one of them stopped dead and turned round and went, you don't want one of our cards, do you? And he'd gone past, he'd seen me gone past yeah. him and walked and he must have just stopped dead. And I said, yes, I'll take one. Um, and I just got me thinking about how, you know, they they work really hard mm. um, and the, the missionaries and I, I made a brief friendship um, with a, a missionary in South America. He was very sweet and we went on a trip to Tigray and he was liked his camera and things. And um, he probably shouldn't have been on his own with a female, but we were. There was no connection in yeah, that yeah. sense of the word. We just had a yeah. nice time. Um, but anyway, going back to these chaps, um, I was thinking, golly gosh, you know, it, it's really... Yeah, that's not really. I I felt that it wasn't really God that they're they're trying to you know I, I, how how you're going to be able to say to somebody I think we've talked about this in the very first podcast about people um, trusting in God again yeah mm. and really believing yeah. that yeah. you're not being sold something or somebody's yeah. forcing something upon you or yeah. like that you know why has the church of england not got so many parishioners anymore yeah. maybe maybe it's because yeah it's it's fallen out of favor but it's fallen out of favor for a reason that that it hasn't yeah you know honesty about why you're actually there and celebrating god is there yeah you know it's not for your own ego is it no, it's you, not. You, you don't but I think that's what happens sometimes that that Christianity and, and probably other, I can only speak for that because I know more about Christianity than, mm. than other religions, that that you um that it becomes more about um the administration or the 
um, the church than God. Yeah. And then that's when it becomes really difficult, I think. And probably <clears throat> quite unattractive. And unattractive, yes. To be particularly in this yeah. in this day and age. Uh, now and with the the combination of science and technology Mm. um, people are forming all sorts of opinions Mm. left right and center but there's a real need Mm. for spiritual connection yeah because it's missing and so this is exactly what we were talking about with the on our very first podcast Mm. that this this connection with god Mm can quite easily be found but we it's now i think so i think so i think and yet i'm making sense yeah no no you are crikey i feel like we could go another hour on this i know yeah but um, i've got so many thoughts going through my head i think it's the easiest thing in the whole world and the hardest thing in the whole world that's been experience of my life that as a christian yes and watching other people I know who are Christians, it's this almost like, you know, it's very easy to go to church. Yes. It's very easy to read the Bible. Yeah. It's very, you know, but actually to encounter God yourself, it's, it seems a bit unusual because I, I really, I mean, I've, I've kind of told you the kind of story about that, that, that dream I had and how I kind of really encountered God. Mm-hmm. After that, I might even go into that in the podcast. That would be a, yes, that would yeah. be an interesting one, wouldn't it? But it it was when I really trusted that God was as good as I'd been told He was. I don't want to call God He because I don't think God is a He. I think you know God is God isn't male because we're made in God's image, and so therefore, how can God just be male? Because how do we find our image? In that, you know, so I well, I try not to I, use I gender pronouns anymore because I'm like, well, you know, one of the words for God in in the Hebrew Bible means many-breasted one. Wow. We don't talk about that in church. No. <laughs> and this is why you know, I'm feeling... This is why, and I know it's not... doesn't feel... Where this thing that's popped up talking about the universe, and I just bought this book in, actually, because yeah. this is this this lady who is a Christian, actually, she, she then kind of starts to talk... Because um, it's... The universe, I, I think, is God. But the universe is easier for people to connect to at the moment. I mean, and yeah. talking modern times, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because you're not possibly because of what you've just described. You're not describing a um, a he or a she or a. Yeah. It's this strong, all-knowing, caring um, guidance that yeah. you can connect to. Yeah. Um, without the guilt, but without the yeah. the, the stuff that comes yeah. with all the yeah. the um, uh, what do you call them? The, the organisations yeah. that surround yeah. God. Yeah, because I I really believe it's like you could easily read the Bible and see tons and tons of rules, and you can do it, you can't do it, you can do it, you can't do it. Most people know what the average Christian can and can't do. Yes. And yet, 
if you approach God from the, well, I'll stop doing this and I'll start doing this and I'll do it, you know, it's it's all the wrong way around. You know, I, I, I think when we encounter God, there's certain stuff that I just don't want to do because it's like, why would I want to do that? You know, for instance, I'm not even going to take a talk about moral things like, you know, robbery or yeah. murder or yeah. adultery or all of those things, you know, because I would think most people would say <laughs> that's it's really sensible to not kill somebody <laughs> you know but some people do and for a good reason do you know what i mean there's yeah there's and, and the there's outliers. Well, how do you explain war? I mean, <clears throat> yeah, precisely, murder yeah. is murder unless you're at war and then <clears throat> yeah. it's not um yeah which is which is absolutely crazy but it's like i have i have a, a hard thing right now and i'll say it's a hard thing but in one sense it's really not a hard thing it's like this kind of like it's really hard but it's not where i have got a relationship that needs some repair but I know that the path towards that person, that that is where God is standing. So if I go, I really don't want to try and repair this messy relationship. And it's going to cost me something to repair this messy relationship. It's, it's not going to be easy. And I might not be met with whatever I feel I should be met with. Do you know what I mean? As in love, empathy, kindness. I might not be. And that could be for many reasons why I'm not met with that. Maybe my own fault. Um, and yeah, I can. All, all I can see is in my mind's eye is that there is that person, and God is standing behind that person. So, if I want to follow God and be, I, I have to walk this path. And so, in one sense, it's hard. And I'm like, part of me is like, oh, this is gonna be so hard. But part of me can't wait to make that relationship right or at least have a go at it well because there's god god's there god is the one who wants to restore so if i turn around and go that's just that's just too hard a path why would i turn around holly why would i turn around i mean what what on on what planet is that gonna be good for me or that person but it's it's more like i just want to walk the path god has for me and if that means I've got to go and face the fact that I've probably caused that person pain. That's the truth of it. I may, I probably don't want to hear from that person, actually, when you did that. And I'm like, oh, I'd, I'd rather not not know. But actually, yeah. that's a path. And I, I, th- I think there are so many things in life where we can make those those choices knowing that God wants us to walk into wholeness and be free from so much, rather than, oh, we have to get our lives tidy and clean before God, we've got to stop doing this and start doing this, and you've you've got to pray for... I I don't want to say what people think they ought to do, because it's it's nonsense, it really is. It's like, I think, when you begin to encounter God and realise, oh my goodness, God is better than I thought, these, these things happen naturally. It's like when you fall in love with somebody, you know, when you fall in love with somebody, and if they say... Um, I don't know, there's the, the, there's something which they can't stand, like, I really don't like shellfish. You're not going to take them to a shellfish restaurant, are you? No. I mean, <laughs> you're just not going to do it because you love that person. And yeah. even if you love shellfish, unless you're really selfish, but then I see probably didn't love that person, you actually wouldn't. No. There, there's certain things that you think, well, my heart, why would I want to do that to you? If you said to me, I'm allergic to herbal tea, I'm not going to serve you herbal tea. Because why would I do that to you? And I and, and I, th- I think when we when we encounter God like that, rather than trying to fix everything and think, well, I've got to do this or not do this. Well, you're I've... only you're doing you're not doing it for God. Well, no, you're, you're doing not. it. I don't know. If, it's you know, religion. Li- it's, it's religion. religion. It's a whole different. It's ball religion. Game. It is religion. It's, it's religion. 
And that is a very different thing. It is, and it's actually a very ugly thing. Uh, it's a, it's a well, very ugly thing. And that's why, you know, my, it makes me very sad when my mum is like, we're talking about her having, uh, having, um, her, you know, I, I was talking about her funeral and perhaps yeah. she, she's not, you know, not going anywhere, hopefully, um, anytime soon. But she was very much, I don't want anything religious. I'm not being, I really, really, she's very, because what she has, she's seeing. Yeah. It's not something she wants to be anything, have anything to do with. No, the I ugliness, and she's not yeah. been able to touch yeah. or or access any of the wonderful stuff yeah. that could have could really help her feel yeah. less alone, yeah. more supported, yeah. all of those things. Um, really, because the the, the veil of religion yeah. has completely put her off and it yeah. makes me quite sad that she doesn't want yeah. a um you know uh church or yeah. whatever um funeral well, or any mention honest, of religion yeah. yeah yeah well we can keep going, can't we? We can, but we're going to have we're to... We're going to go to bed. Go to bed, wrap that one up. Absolutely, and, and get um, warm again. That was quite deep, guys. I'm not. <laughs> let us know what you think. So I think we've covered... This was our Halloween special, and we, well, we've talked about death. We've talked about death. We've Do you know what? We haven't talked God. about the devil, have we? And we did we not didn't talk, talk about, about the, devil. the devil, which is really interesting. So I think we, I th I think we just need to keep talking, don't we? Yes. And see what, and this talking. is this is basically where our podcast came from with these conversations that went <laughs> down these massive holes, and it would be great also to have other people's feedback or thoughts, or if they want to let us know that they'd like to be part of one of our conversations. Uh, there's no agenda. There's no nothing. It's like just coming in and. Taking part, taking part in a conversation. In a conversation, yeah. yes. And we don't should, claim to be experts. But we certainly don't claim to be experts on anything. <laughs> and, and I stand corrected on anything that I have mis, you know, uh, misunderstood or misrepresented. Anyway, good night. Good night, everybody. everybody. <laughs>